Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus. It is Monday, October 9th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you could save. My name is Daniel Dopp, joined by Field G8 as always. But we got a special Hi. guest in the house. No Mike Clay, we've traded up for a Liz Loza. So I'm just trying to think of like the most imbalanced trades in recent sports memory. Oh, okay. All I know is that we, you said it, we leveled up. Definitely With the addition up. of Liz Loza. Welcome to Liz Loza Week. You're going to be hanging out for at least yeah. part of this week with us here on The Focus. It's great to have you in person. I'm excited to be here, yeah. Good. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some really big shows. Obviously, today we got a huge breakdown of yeah, what's going to happen in week five. We got guys that came back from injury that we've been waiting to see in our fantasy lineups. We got a couple of injuries we're going to talk about as well. And by the way, yeah, I mean, a terrible day for injuries. Terrible yesterday. day for injuries. And that's without us even knowing the extent of a lot of these injuries. We're hoping for the best. We'll dive into what we know as of this recording, you know, right around 11 a.m. on the East Coast on Monday morning. But guys, let's just get right into it because there's too many things to be able to talk about. Okay. Because I feel like we're just going to get so much Liz Loza throughout this oh. show. Yeah, we need to like, wait and get it off the top. All right. Yep. Let's talk about this Cooper Cup comeback, guys. We've been waiting to see Cooper Cup in our fantasy lineups. We wondered. What's it going to look like with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua? We felt really good when Sean McVay was like, you know what we're not going to do? Yeah. We're not going to limit Cooper Cup if he's ready to go. Oh, thank you, Sean McVay, for being transparent field. These guys looked fantastic on the field together, both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. You needed to watch literally one drive to understand whether Cooper Cup was back. Yep. One drive in which the Rams scored a touchdown. Puka, uh, Cooper Cup, five catches, 56 yards on six targets. Think about that. On his very first, first drive. drive, coming yeah. back from a nagging hamstring injury, he goes five for 56. He had double-digit fantasy points on the first drive, finishes with nearly 20 fantasy points yesterday. So it got a little quieter after that, as you might imagine. It's hard to keep up that torrid pace for the entire game, but it was awesome to see Cooper Cup back on the field. If you were 2-2, two 3-1, and 3-1, two, and one, maybe even 4-0 and oh with Cooper Cup on your roster, Oof. you may have added a top two wide receiver for the rest of the season. Now, we are coming off of a monster fantasy week for several notable wide receivers, but that's how good Cooper Cup is. 12 targets yesterday, and yep. Puka Nakua ended up being not that much worse for the Whale is. Same number of fantasy points. Yep. In fact, just a little bit higher than Cup because yeah, he found the end zone for the second time yeah. uh, this season and second week in a row. What I love is the transparency here. Like, thank you, Sean McVay, for just TM, TM, TMing it, mm -hmm. being on brand, doing what we expected you to do, what you should do. And not for nothing, Matt Stafford leads the league in pass attempts. So we know that the volume should be here for both of these uh, of these wide receivers. If anyone is losing out, obviously it's Tutu Atwell, who did save his day with a score at least. He did. Yeah. So a couple of things from that game yesterday, Daniel, to add on to what Liz was just saying. That was actually, and this might not be because this is how they want to play offense every week going forward. It might be because the Eagles do have a valiant run defense. Yes. But yesterday was the most passed heavy. The uh, Rams have been in neutral game situations. So they were throwing the football at a much higher rate on downs at which you would not necessarily predict them to throw the football sure. than they did during the first four games. Liz mentioned the 2-2 at will touchdown. But look at the targets otherwise. There were a total of 34 targets yesterday. 23 of them went to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. What we have learned is that you're just going to saturate things down to two players. Mm -hmm. yep. And while we wondered whether Puka Nakua could hold his value with Cooper Cup back on the field, maybe there is a bit of a dip, right? Because maybe those 15 or 17 target games are going to be harder to come by. It makes sense when there is a megastar like Cooper Cup back on the field. But the idea of Puka Nakua vanishing... Far from it. If he's getting anywhere close to 11 targets a game, which he got yesterday, oh my gosh. even if it's eight, yeah. you still feel good about starting Puka Nakua every single week. And there's a clear simpatico between these two, right? Longest play of the day, 39 catch for Cooper Cup that set up yeah. the Puka Nakua touchdown. I love that there's a give and take. There's a, an equitable amount of volume to go around, and we love equitable amounts of volume. Yes, equitable? we do. It feels like you've got two top 15 wide receivers here if they're going to keep giving these volumes in. You're a Puka Nakua manager. You are thrilled about that because that was the only question mark coming in was, yeah. is Cooper Cup going to come in and kind of take so much volume away from Puka? It felt like that would be weird given how well he's played to start the season that yeah. he would just vanish. So I love seeing that Matthew Stafford was still able to find him here. You got two yeah. awesome wide receivers it in this offense. I mean, those are just, I mean, the, the two of them every single week are going to be a joy to watch and yes. a nightmare to defend going forward. But it was I mean, most importantly, more important than nearly 20 fantasy points for Cooper Cup. Played nearly every snap, 95% of the snaps That's yesterday. Annoying. And unless something changes after we go off the air, 
absolutely no mention whatsoever of the hamstring bothering him at all. He came out of the game clean. Love that. He's going to be a monster going forward. That, of course, starts in week six. And we don't mind the matchup in week six, just a tease. I know you guys will have a wonderful yeah. preview show yeah. on Friday, but yeah. the Cardinals, uh, they gave up a lot Quite of favorable. yards to yeah. uh, the other yes, they did. wide receiver one. Really quickly, speaking of hamstrings, Phil, yeah. it was great the Cooper Cup came back and looked good, but mm. Justin Jefferson, unfortunately, left this game in the fourth quarter with a hamstring injury. We have not heard yet what it is going to mean for him for a long-term prognosis, waiting to see if Adam Schefter delivers any news that we can uh, jump on, but yep. something that we will continue to monitor as we get farther into the week, and something, Stefania, will make sure that we have information on heading into waivers tomorrow. Yeah, we don't know exactly what the answer is going to be in terms of how much time, if any, that Justin Jefferson misses, but if you listen to how Kevin O'Connell, their head coach, addressed the situation after the game last night, his tone at least struck me as... We're bracing for some missed time. Yep. Whether that's a week, whether that's multiple weeks, whether it's a long period of time, I don't know right now. We'll talk more about this during the waiver show tomorrow, but KJ Osborne, because he is not rostered in over 50% of leagues, yep. all of a sudden becomes a very valuable name to roster. The Bears are up next for the Vikings while they are playing better. Your Bears are, Liz. Uh, their secondary, of course, still remains an issue, as was seen on Thursday night with nearly 300 passing yards in the second half alone for Sam Howell. It was really great for fantasy managers being able to get Cooper Cup back because there was basically no touch limit, right? But that's not necessarily what happened in Indy with the other superstar we got back. We were told coming into this, hey, there might be a little bit of a pitch count on Jonathan Taylor, but we were all sort of at that spot where it's like, if you're going to get Jonathan Taylor, don't you feel like you need to play Jonathan Taylor a little bit? I think the pitch count was way undersold. I think so too. Compared to what we got. Know, there was two ways to look, it, look at this. And another one is, listen, there is an adage, like you don't use the special China every day for a reason because it's expensive. You just guaranteed <laughs> this man $26 million. <laughs> yeah, $26 million. Maybe yeah. you want to protect that investment at a position that you have just seen be wildly volatile. Yeah. yeah. And if you have Zach Moss, oh. who is not a Matt Burita equivalent, yeah. right? Who's much better than that, who has been beasting, then- Use your investment strategy appropriately. I, so, and I also am curious to see how much of this was affected by Anthony Richardson's early exit. Absolutely. My guess, and we'll have more on Richardson a little bit later on in the show. He has hurt, I think he's just, of his four games that he has started this season, he's finished one of them. So something to certainly discuss a little bit later we'll on in the show. Is it bad luck? Is yeah. it a problem going forward? I just I thought it would be more than ten snaps for Jonathan Taylor yesterday. Yep. I was thinking I maybe thought it'd be more 10 like carries. Uh, he got six in total. Yes. So Jonathan Taylor has a nothing burger day. I really do wonder what the emotions were for the Colts. And they were obviously their winners yesterday. They're three and two. They're in first place in their own division. Vibes are generally pretty high down or up there in Indianapolis. That being said, you pay Jonathan Taylor fourteen million dollars a year on the same day that Zach Boss finishes. As RB2 in fantasy football, yep. 23 carries for 165 yards and two touchdowns as the backup, uh, excuse me, uh, as the eventual backup running back to Jonathan Taylor, the guy who's making pennies compared to Jonathan Taylor going forward against the best run defense in the NFL. I think people are wondering, what does this mean for Jonathan Taylor and, and Zach Moss going forward? You can't pay a guy $14 million a year, especially one that has been the NFL's rushing champion and been one of the best players in the entire league and have them become part of a two-headed attack going forward. Why? It'll be the Jonathan... Why? Why? When you have Zach well, Moss, who it? averaged 7.2 yards per carry against the Titans run Because you just paid him $42 million. Yeah, so maybe you want to make that money go someplace. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to, like, you can't pay all that money for Lamborghini and it's leave him in the garage. It's not going to be... Oh. I, I just don't think it's going to be as immediate as everyone wants it It might take be. some time, but I'm, like, by week 10... Sure, If Jonathan... 10. Maybe, honestly, by, like, week 7, I wouldn't be surprised. Week seven, week eight, maybe even week six. You just can't. Like, that's a misallocation of resources. And the Colts, for everything that took place over the past couple of months, seem to have a ton of pride over the weekend about the fact that they got this deal done. Mm -hmm. And the cooler heads prevailed. And we got the player that's the best on our roster signed up for at least three more seasons. It just, to me, would be very surprising if within two weeks, Jonathan Taylor is not like at least a two to one snap edge over Zach Moss. So that feels if like so, a return I mean, to performance type of thing where maybe they are ramping him back up to yeah. make sure that he's fully, his legs are good to go. He's not going to come in and get hurt. And then that's going to cause a problem. My big question for you here field is what do you do if you're a Zach Moss manager? Keep him, hold him. Don't yep. move him. So here's the thing. Zach Moss was started in 15% of leagues. I'm yeah. sorry to the other 85% of you. <laughs> 
that had him on your bench because he delivered 30 fantasy points for you. That hurts. Are you going to do anything about Zach Moss next week? Is he still going to be a flex play as we see him potentially coming back with Jonathan Taylor? I'm going to follow Shane Steichen's comments throughout the week. Um, because we're in bye weeks, I have Zach Moss on four teams. I benched him in three and mm-hmm. played him in one because my uh, two of my other starting running backs are were on bye this past week. So I was like, I don't really have an option. Yeah, and I felt like I rolled snake eyes there. Was that was great? I think going forward, I, do not move off of him. Nope. He's one injury away from being what he has been, which is you know a top twenty running back going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, like if during the week Shane Steichen says, "Hey, Jonathan's getting better and better by the day," but this is still one A and one B for one more week then yes, even though there's only two teams on a bye this upcoming week, the Packers and the Steelers, that's still, you know, two running backs, maybe three, depending on how you feel about the Steelers backs that are not going to be available in week six that are normally available for you to use. Yeah. Plus some injuries, of course, that are always going to pile always up. Always going to so. pop And up guys that are struggling. Yeah. Struggle that, bus. That's one of the things I feel like if you're just getting a guy that's getting volume, we, we're talking about this right now in fantasy at so many positions. If guys are getting volume, it's hard to bench him because we've had so many people just play down this year, not play yeah. up to their Moss expectation. Is getting volume and efficiency. Both. This is not a Ramondre Stevenson, Miles Sanders situation. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He, but I, I just have a ton of respect for Zach Moss and what he's done 100%. in the past four weeks. Like, I think this is what makes sports great in a lot of ways. Like I love that Jonathan Taylor is getting compensated for what he is worth. I also love that Zach Moss, a guy who's been overlooked, he was traded. He was the throw-in in the Naheem Hines deal. Thrown out of Buffalo. Yeah, four past four games, he's been excellent for the for the for the Bills, uh, for the Colts. So hold tight on Zach Moss. Don't move him. But also, I, I do believe, like it's hard for me to imagine when our rankings come out on Tuesday afternoon that Zach Moss is going to be a top twenty-five play for me. Yeah, that we'll have to see where that plays out. But like you said, can't move him. Got to keep at least holding on Hang because tight. of the value yep. that he's going to have. Yes, definitely. All right, Field, we are going to make sure that we pay some bills. Yeah. But first, let's talk about a few. Actually, we're going to do that backwards. Yeah. Field, we're going to pay some bills in a second. Yes. No, we're going to pay some bills now. now. Right. And then we're going to come back and talk Joe Burrow. So here's the thing is that our bill is due at 1113. Let's make sure we today, get this in on So time. we better do this right now. Uh, Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of I would course you that. would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions, plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Okay. All right, back here we have on not been evicted. Focus they, also, they were like, listen, <laughs> Liz close. is too awesome. We're not going to actually kick you guys out of the house, but just get your act together and pay your bills on time. All right. And now we're, that's what we're doing, Field. We feel we're good. trying. Liz Lowe's at Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus. We're talking about Joe Burrow's bounce back, guys. Boom. Last week, I said, I'm out this week. Yeah. Against the Titans, that was it. I, d- I didn't want to see it anymore. I said I would start a different quarterback over him. Spoiler alert. Starting Jared Goff over Joe Burrow still worked this week. However, Joe Burrow is back and the confidence feels sky high field watching him in the pocket. He moved with confidence. You saw him be able to scramble, have some mobility, all the things we haven't seen from Joe Burrow so far this year. So uh, the actual reason why Liz is here today and not Mike is because we could not stand (laughs) another day of Mike. Just I was on Mike's side here. Okay, well, don't admit that out loud. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to hear Uh, that. We did not need Mike once again just trampling all over Daniel and my feelings uh, after what he did to me on Thursday night with DJ Moore. We'll get back to that matchup in our Dynasty League on a later date because Mike... Absolutely. I've never seen something so disrespectful in my entire (laughs) fantasy life. But here's the question going. Now, it was a great, great matchup. But as you said, Daniel, he had a great matchup before last week against the Titans. Yesterday looked like 2022 Joe Burrow. And I'm not just talking about from production standpoint. You mentioned the mobility, five plus rushing attempts for Joe Burrow yesterday, like navigating the pocket, which is one of his greatest superpowers amongst many, by the way. And he he really did do it with confidence. He didn't look ginger back there or nervous. Like I I loved seeing that from him. And I will say this now, maybe I'm too much of a sucker for players like Joe Burrow who have this innate, but very natural confidence about him. But after the game, 
when he was talking about the performance, he said, you know, this one kind of reminds me of New Orleans last year. Mm. For those that may recall the Bengals season last year, they had this crazy overtime win over the Saints down in New Orleans, and that was the springboard to what ended up being a 13, a 12 and four regular season for Cincinnati in an eventual trip to the AFC championship game. If that's what yesterday represented for Joe Burrow in his own mind, it gives me confidence going forward, Liz, that he could end up like being back to his normal self. And yeah, Joe Burrow can be that top eight quarterback every single week. I saw the fit he walked in. With. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Did you see you picked it out? Who picked? Oh yes. Uh, Kid Cuddy. Yes. I mean, like, of course, Joe Burrow's like, yeah, my, fr- what my he friend. Called, he called Nick him by his first name. He was like, my Paul. Was, my friend yeah. Paul picked it out for me. It's Stop. like, Kid Cuddy's name is Paul? I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, yeah, you knew he was, he was going he off. He was going to ball that. in that quilt of a, that was somebody on Twitter said that. Yes. He had a quilt of a, of a hoodie on. Speaking of balling. His wide receiver, Jamar Chase. Oh, that that was impressive. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. I hear we, there's a 7-Eleven reference. That yes, so good. Here. How about yeah. that? So, I mean, that yesterday, you thought DJ Moore was going to steal the show amongst wide receivers no. yesterday, oh, and then Jamar Chase was like, hold my Slurpee. It's all those at 7-Eleven, right? It was unbelievable as yesterday. Epic performance. Epic performance. Um, Even without, so we knew T. Higgins, we were pretty sure T. Higgins wouldn't be there. Sure enough, wasn't. There was some talk about Tyler Boyd. I never really bought into that because I think Tyler Boyd is frankly better when he has two bigger wide receivers uh, outside of him. But there was an expectation that Jamar Chase would be fed. Indeed, he was. Absolutely went off. Highest scoring wide receiver from a fantasy perspective of the week. Mm -hmm. And um, So far. But also, he's like Chase has been on the pace. Hey, oh, anyone hey. else forced no. to go to the Paw Patrol movie opening oh, two weeks ago? No, we haven't graduated uh, that yet. No. Oh, okay, Chase uh, is back on the pace, but he has been for three weeks. He looks fantastic. Looks two monster unreal. games for him so far. This like year. if you've got if you've got Jamar Chase, you're back to feeling very confident with the fact that you used a top three pick on him for a while. There, you were really thrilled with the volume, even when Joe Burrow didn't look good. But this is the production. And by the way, if I'm Jamar Chase, maybe I just complain every single game so I can just get no. 19 targets. By Are you way, kidding me? Squeaky wheel is really working this year for the yeah. wide receivers. Yes, it is. Who else is struggling, relatively speaking, amongst wideouts right now? Jalen Waddle, relatively. Yeah, Jalen right? Waddle. We'd like to get he a little scored bit more yesterday from. for the first time, mm-hmm. but I think he has like four point. Two five catches per game, no one hundred yard games. Jalen, listen, I know you guys are four and one. You're the best <laughs> offense in a, in a while, but just go to Mike McDaniel and just tell him, like, first of all, I'm faster than everybody else in this offense. Just say that, even if it's not true. Tell him that like his hair is stupid and that his glasses are ridiculous, and just keep yelling at him and see if it works. Sooner or later, they've got to find a way to manufacture manufacture touches for Jalen Waddle. We'll talk about the the Dolphins here in just a little bit. Can I ask a quick question about Joe Burrow before we move on? Tens of them. So 300 passing yards, over 300 passing yards. We love that. We love the matchup against Seattle next week. Just as a little uh, a little tease. Yep. Seven rushing yards though. Don't. uh, So to me. As, as Daniel pointed out, like, I think it's less about the yardage total, more about the yardage, I'm uh, sorry, the, the attempts. rushing attempts mm-hmm. and just like the eye test to the mobility, mm-hmm. sure. right? Because if he can graduate uh, from a rushing perspective into what Tua is now, like we've seen that the boom games are very plausible for Tua and Joe Burrow, even without any rushing upside whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there's a few of those quarterbacks that are achieving that this season. Brock Purdy also on that list. Yeah, I, th- I was also really impressed here with Joe Mixon, other than the fact that he didn't get in the end zone. He got so much run. He had so many touches in this offense. 25. He was a bounce back candidate. 25. 25 touches. 25 carries. 25 carries. That's incredible. What so was the looking- final yardage total of it? Let me pull this up. Right I don't want to know, Field. That part is going to okay. hurt. 81 was- plus 13. Okay. So, yeah, because he goes 25 for 81. Were you really that impressed, Daniel? I was impressed by the fact the that volume's this, tremendous. this was supposed to be a situation where he was going to get volume, if, especially if Joe Burrow was going to be limited. Even yep. without him being limited, this was a situation where they just continued to give him the ball, and he got goal line touches. I think this is a, the process, if you trusted Joe Mixon. Yep. It was right. The result just didn't turn out quite the way that we had. If you had 25 carries and multiple goal line touches, I'm going to be thrilled with that from Joe Mixon almost every single yeah, week. Yeah, no, the workload was, was, was exceptional for Mixon yesterday. I mean, 29 opportunities is just ridiculous for any running back. And he wasn't the only running back that I was thrilled with getting volume because we finally saw it from Brees Hall. Guys. Yeah, baby. It was about time that we got Brees Hall unlocked and he looked fantastic. Don't you love the carries. chalk, please? It's so great. Why don't we just do these guys every single week? No, we should just, hey, I, I got, I got uh, Josh Allen going off this week. Oh, you know what? I should have played I Josh Allen. I got a feeling Allen. on Josh Allen. <laughs> That's a good one. 22 carries, 177 rushing yards and a touchdown plus three receptions for 17 receiving yards. It all clicked when we saw that long run and it was like, all right, yep. 
Brees Hall is back. It maybe. was the long run that really had you most excited because yep. it felt like he was due for one at some point. I think Mike actually asked for one on Fantasy Football Now yesterday morning. And Brees Hall, we know the talent is obvious, right? I mean, they've been talking him up since they drafted him last year. We saw it on the field until he got hurt last year. And Dalvin Cook's had a nice, accomplished career in this in this league. He's done, right? I mean, like it's very obvious which Looks, one of these two players represents yep. anything close to upside for this offense. And it's actually not just... Like the, like the output is great, but it's the mechanisms that have led to that output that are so important. 22 carries for Brees Hall. Career high. That's great. Career high. And if you think the Jets, and I have some skepticism next week because they play the Eagles, but as their schedule softens up, if you think that 20 to 25 carries is plausible in a game for Brees Hall more consistently, then you're going to have a player who winds up being a top 15 running back because those big plays for Brees Hall are just more likely than almost every other back in the NFL. I want to actually add a stat to that to contextualize that 177 rushing yards, 145 of which were before first contact. It's unbelievable. Wow. It's so ridiculous. Wow. Right. Yeah. So when you know if you're going to get efficiency and you're going to get explosiveness, then you've got a top six, seven, five back. But yeah. wasn't depends on the passing game. I mean, volume it for me, probably. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I said fifteen a minute ago. There's actually been a down year for backs, right? Like that 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 tier from like eight to thirteen or fourteen has just been bad. Yes, I mean there are a couple of guys that have been Travis Etienne's been been exceptional, but like between injuries, I mean, not but like from Andre Stevens, does he still exist? It doesn't he does, feel like but he's it. Just yeah. Not so yeah, yeah, those like these are. So maybe you are. Maybe that number for Brees Hall is closer to maybe just top ten. Going I think forward. it is moving into the top ten. I think yeah. he might be a top five matchup dependent play. Yeah. Especially as buys are mounting. Yep. Fair. Totally. Field really quickly. Want to ask you on Jaleel McLaughlin? Yeah. I mean, I test loves him, huh? Twelve. He had twelve touches. Yep. Samaje Pirine only had ten, but Samaje Pirine outsnapped him thirty-five to nineteen. What does the eye test tell you when you're looking at this backfield? So one thing it tells me is that. Every week, no matter whether uh, Jaleel McLaughlin and Javante Williams are active or not, Samaj Piran has locked into his role. Uh, like They are going to play Samaj Piran on passing downs when they need to protect Russell Wilson, when they need to dump the football off. Like yep. that's, a, that's a strong skill set he has. But Jaleel McLaughlin needs to play more. And I think this what, what this enables the Broncos to do is Thursday night when they play the Chiefs yes. in Kansas City, be patient with Javante Williams because yeah. Jaleel McLaughlin brought a whole bunch more burst than any other back had brought so far this season. I will fully admit that this morning when I woke up early, I put on my my sweats and my and my readers, snuggled into my bed and definitely watched some Jaleel McLaughlin tape this morning. By the way, you have you have own sweatpants. You live in California. I'm here though. It's freezing. Yeah, it was like Y'all, 45 degrees. Chilly morning. I do here. not own a jacket. I own a shacket only. That is oh. all I brought. Yeah, it's... I need some hand warmers. Is it? Do you guys have big fives out here or like a sporting big goods five. store? Yes, we do. We okay. we have Dick Sporting Goods. There's out there. at least yeah. one sporting goods I store. I need like those REI. pocket warmers. Yeah. Yes, REI definitely. Um, anyway, at. he looked fantastic. He did. Was thrilled to start my day watching Julio McLaughlin tape from um, college. By the way, I did not know that he was the NCAA's all-time rushing leader with over at, at, 8, at Notre Dame College. Yes, not, not university. Not university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, fun fact, you could probably win a I also, bet. just to your point about Vontae, though, we have seen Sean Payton use one of these explosive, shifty-type receivers, a smaller guy, similar to McLaughlin, uh, as a complement yeah. to his larger tackle-breaking back. I wonder if... It's not if if Vontae isn't going to be unleashed in the way that everyone has been expecting since he was drafted. Yeah, I mean, I mean this I, has I, sort of been the narrative following Vontae. Totally. Yeah. And I think with the injury this year, like I think there were reasons to be a little bit more pessimistic that it could happen this Agreed. season. The probably like the biggest counterpoint to Jaleel McLaughlin playing a bunch going forward. If Javante Williams is back in the fold as soon as Thursday, is that like Marvin Mims clearly needs to be playing a whole lot more for Denver? He's not right. Sean mm-hmm. Payton, for better or worse, right now is locked, locked in, in on the guys yeah. that he knows 100%. and he trusts. We'll see if McLaughlin's in enough to earn that trust. He certainly, in my eyes, did yesterday in a game. But the Jets grinded out a W. Well done, right there by the Jets, going on the road for playing for Coach Hackett. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus Football, and we are making our way through our Week Five recap, guys. We watched Travis Etienne have a stellar day. Mind you, we were taping FF now while this happened, so we didn't get to watch it as much as we wanted. The good thing here is that he looked fantastic. The bad thing here is that he played against himself in fantasy football, which (laughs) is the best stories ever. All-time great tweet from Travis Etienne after that fact. I mean, that's 
hilarious and awesome and great. I want to know if he ended up winning the matchup. I know. I want to know, does he play in a league with fellow Jaguars? Does he play with family and friends? Like who is in this league? Which is this Austin Eckler's league? Like I want to know more about this league. And by the way, well done by the manager who took Travis Etienne, who this year is, if you had asked me what I thought the, like the eventual future for Travis Etienne was coming out of Clemson, I would have thought to myself, all right, I don't know that he's going to be the kind of guy that consistently carries the ball 25 times in a game, but something like a role in which he's carrying it 12 times a game, but consistently sees seven targets a game. He could totally smash it in yesterday, 26 carries plus four catches. He's a workhorse for this Jaguars backfield right now, Liz. And the eyeball test loves Travis Etienne. I was not as high as I should have been, much to the um, chagrin of my team, by the way, at this point, <laughs> because similarly, I was thinking back to his college tape, his Clemson tape, and I was like, well, this is this guy at his ceiling might be Alvin Kamara, a, a similar player. That yeah. would be like the comp, right? Totally. Nope. And I have to say, when I was watching, I rewatched his 35-yard touchdown run late in the fourth quarter. Kudos to ETN for developing and evolving as a player. Like Mm. his maturation process has been absolutely stunning to watch. I did not project it, foresee it. I'm hurting because of it now. But I just think that it's really important to remember that just because a player comes out a certain way in college does not mean that that is going to be their ceiling or they can't develop in a different way. And now, you know, obviously we were expecting with Calvin Ridley's addition that Maybe ETN ceiling would be capped because he wouldn't see those those looks in the passing game. And the Tank Bigsby addition yeah, the, the really truthers. capped all that, right? Yep, yep. And so now it's like, well, he's blowing all of that out of the water. It's absolutely fantastic to see. Um, I'm going to dig into him this week on facts versus feelings because my feelings were not right. And I needed to look at more facts hey, about him. If you look that good against the Buffalo defense, you're feeling really Amen. good moving forward. Going, like, We've talked, this is like, the, I was like the seventh player that we've discussed as a topic so far today. Four out of the first seven were all started by Mike Clay against, against me in our you. Dynasty oh, wow. League. <laughs> Jamar Chase plus DJ Moore last week. Travis Etienne, Puka Nakua. Um, honestly, like I think people should all go on Twitter and tweet at Mike Clay NFL and say you should. The valiant thing to do is trade field one of those players. At least one of them, yes. You guys can decide who you think he should trade to me, but just go remind him that if he had any decency whatsoever, he would trade one of those players to me we play in victory scoring in that league, so you get a win if you win your matchup, plus a win if you finish in the top six. Yep. I think, I think I, I don't know. I haven't checked it recently. Like, I might be sixth this week in score. I, might, I don't know. I might be in the top six. I just know that I'm not winning my head-to-head because Mike is literally having the greatest week in the history of that dynasty league. It's the highest scoring week ever. So It's the worst one, Mike Clay. You're a scoundrel, Mike Clay. Yeah, he's really scoundrel. Is. Yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. sure what that means, but it seemed like the appropriate usage. <laughs> I don't think it is appropriate usage. I yeah. got to be honest about that. Field, I had a board bet with you on Trevor Lawrence. No. I have this in my notes. I really I want to check in on the board bet about this player. So here's the thing. I think you. I think you deserve an honorary win today. He was. I had him at quarterback twelve. Yep. You had him at quarterback twenty. We split yeah. the difference at quarterback sixteen. Yeah. Right. He is currently heading into Monday Night Football. Quarterback, quarterback 16, sixteen, which means you can't win, but I could win. Correct. So right, let's go Jimmy G and Jordan Love. <laughs> I am really hoping. And here's the thing, though. I again, this is another situation where I felt like the process actually played out in my favor. If you tell me that Trevor Lawrence against the Buffalo Bills is going to throw for 315 yards and a passing touchdown yeah. and have seven carries for over 30 rushing yards. We get to the asterisk. The problem is he had two fumbles, and those yeah. minus four points is what but crushed me there. Yeah. So I feel like this is a situation where I I wanted to believe in him, and you saw the usage actually worked out. It was just those fumbles that hurt me. I appreciate you wanting to give it to me, but yeah. I do think better days are ahead. This made me feel a little bit better about Trevor Lawrence because he has looked kind of bad with this offense. Part of that is because both Calvin Ridley and Christian looked look really Kirk, Kirk. looked really good this week, Liz. Uh, over 300 yards for the first time all season, second yeah. straight game without an interception. But Love yes, that. was <laughs> undone by the uh, by the fumbles. fumbles. By the way, six on the season, two in the first two games of 2023. Also five sacks yesterday. Uh, yeah. yeah, yesterday. So 13 on the on season a day in which him. the Bills lost two of their like probably three or four most invaluable defensive players as well. Tredavious White last week and the Matt yep. Milano and Daquan Jones yesterday. Jeez. They Not just, great. They also showed up in London on a Friday. I know. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Which that one, that might be one that they learned from going forward. Sure. Uh, I feel like to feel terrible for all these players that got injured yesterday. Zay Jones um, as well left. I was really yeah, excited Zay about Jones Zay Jones coming yeah. back and he left early. So, so I, but and I think people should note this though. 
Christian Kirk's production was not simply dependent upon Zay Jones not being available for part of yesterday. I said this to, uh, I think it was Mike before fantasy football now yesterday. Like my theory was that like maybe the Jaguars just didn't appreciate, maybe they overthought just how good Christian Kirk was, was in week one when he was like hardly playing. And they're like, oh wait, he's freaking awesome. He was our best receiver by a mile last year. It's the Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk show to start featuring Zay Jones when he is available and healthy. And Evan Ingram. Yeah, who, who got six targets steady. yesterday. Yeah. He has been very hey, for steady a tight end. That's like, tight end you know, position. tight end five. Is this part of, though, Trevor Lawrence had an incredible season last year, right? Yep. But he's still a young quarterback who does have a tendency to make mistakes and is dealing with a not great offensive line. Yeesh, doesn't it? The, the hardest and part is like, You yeah. have Christian Kirk, though, and Christian Kirk is kind of one of those players that helps correct mistakes. Yeah. And so, so maybe steady. after week one, there is more of an emphasis put on the things that Christian Kirk can do to make Trevor Lawrence better. Uh, Kevin Pulsifer knows that Chris, uh, Trevor Lawrence would be quarterback 10 without the fumbles. You Ooh. would already have that board bet wrapped up. Mm. I will say this, though. I thought that one of the most sneaky, important things for Calvin Ridley yesterday was two rushing attempts. And why I say that I'm is that, that it implies and infers that the team is saying to itself, he's been struggling of late. We need to find, you said somebody has to manufacture, manufacture touches. touches. Who was that? Talking about earlier, uh, I, I got a lot of guys I want to manufacture, but it was somebody you were for. like, Yeah, they need to manufacture touches for this. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, yes, yeah. okay, good job by the Jaguars doing this for uh, for uh, Calvin Ridley yesterday, and he was awesome. It felt like it was pretty much the same route all day that he was just consistently winning on. Yep, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, his second big game of the season. Christian Kirk kind of settles back in at a, like a top 25-ish wide receiver role because the volume should be really good, assuming Zay Jones is out next week. The Jaguars have not only played back-to-back weeks in London, they are not taking their bye after it. NFL teams, the NFL gives teams the right to play internationally to take the week after your international game as your bye. Teams have started to move away from that because I think that most teams would prefer their bye to be a little bit more in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Oh. So rather having it week six, it's a later date for Jacksonville. So. And they're home at Jacksonville. Uh, yes, although apparently this year they've only played well not in Jacksonville. Yeah, they're 3-0 and away from Jacksonville, 0-2 in Jacksonville. How about, also, shout out to the Jaguars getting a dub over the Bills in London. I th- like That's a huge, huge. deal. Just I got to stay win. there. I think there's something to that. Yeah. Staying in London for the week. Yeah, they I saw some hotels, players yesterday. I saw some players yesterday on Twitter, former players, current players, talking about how like, man, flying out on Friday is a long haul. When you're, It's not just the six hours. It's like going to California is obviously a six-hour flight from the East Coast, but it's a three-hour time difference. Right. Like, it's, what is it, six hours ahead in London? Yep. So, like, by the time you get there Friday night, you're going to bed, and your body's all jacked up. So, yeah. Let's Anyways. move ahead and talk about these Miami Dolphins. I want to ask you guys a question. <clears throat> Field. Yeah. How many yards per rush is Devon H. Han averaging this year? Well, I, so I know it was about 11 and a half going into yesterday. I can only imagine that it went down because there's no way that you can keep 12.1. that. 12.1. Ah. 12.1 yards per rush. Liz, how many yards before first contact is Devon H. Han averaging? Oh, you're going to throw up Oh, my God. It's going to have to be. Is it like 17? 9.7. Wow. He is getting almost a first down before he is even being touched by a defender because of his That's explosiveness. Hilarious. Can we make a stat hat trick here? Because I have one about H. Han as well. Uh, now has 11 runs over 10 yards just behind CMC, Zach Moss, Bijan, and Bijan Robinson. Oh, my gosh. They this are efficiency, man. It's unreal. 4-3 speed, showing yeah. it off. Like Mike McDaniel no has a type three. and he like, is That's it. like 4-1. Yeah, I was going to say. That's like he's definitely, either that or he has like something in his cleats, like a jet pack <laughs> in his cleats. It's absurd. Um, not only is it absurd, I don't know how defenses don't have like a slightly better approach. Like I can understand, like it's going to be, if you commit yourself to stopping the run, you're going to have to live with a monster Tyreek Hill day. If you commit to stopping the pass, you're going to have to live with a Good potential night. monster day. Yeah. But I don't know what the Giants, what the Broncos, what other teams have recently committed to because they haven't been able to stop either mechanism for this Miami offense. And until Jeff Wilson Jr. returns, because of the fact that the Dolphins could literally score 40 points in any game, mm-hmm. Devon HM, lock it in. Don't think twice about it running back. You're starting him. By the way, that, that that extends beyond Jeff Wilson's return. But for Raheem Mostert, who is kind of RB2 now in this offense, he still found the end zone again yesterday. He was a totally reasonable play for this Dolphins team. Like It's 
ridiculous. They are not even a Madden team because like, I don't even know that you could drop that many points in Madden as consistently as they do. I think Mostert's going to stay in RB2 fantasy range as well, because even though he is the RB2 to HN, maybe in terms of production, there was still an equitable spit split between the two of them yeah. from a touch perspective. Um, and again, I just look at week six because of what you're saying. Like, how can defenses compete with this? They're, they're, oh, who do they draw this week? Carolina. Now, they have Carolina. They open as 13 and a half point favorites. It's got to be one of the biggest lines so far this season. There's going to be so many opportunities for Moster to continue getting his. So even though it is probably a little discouraging for a Mostert owner to see Achan have, putting up these gaudy stat lines, he's still going to have plenty of opportunities. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that because that is the one Aspects. thing that makes me nervous actually is the fact that Devon Achan is so efficient. He only had 12 touches in this game, 12 touches that he turned into 165 <laughs> scrimmage yards. And this is the kind of thing that we've seen from him so far. He has these huge plays that he continues to break seemingly week after week. <laughs> and part of me is like, this cannot continue. Sure. This efficiency cannot continue. But at the same time, I think about the rest of this offense and how defenses, and especially the defenses that are going to come up to play, have got to stop so many other guys and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert and everything that, like, this might Chase be Claypool able to now. continue. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll try Girl. to talk that one into existence. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. But, like, is this efficiency, even if it comes down, it's not going to make a difference. He is still absolutely starterable. This is not someone that you need to panic on as far as I am concerned. I am starting him because of everything that he can do within this Dolphins offense, regardless of the efficiency. So uh, Liz obviously writes the facts versus feelings column. I will steal an idea from Liz's column, or at least I'll steal Maybe I'll steal an idea that you could write about this week. Okay. But like, if you have Devon Achan, even if you said to yourself, like, oh, he might only get 12 opportunities this week, how could you bench that player? How? How, like he's going to eventually have a day in which rather than 20 fantasy points, he'll have 10 and who cares? It's like, he's like Steph Curry right now shooting threes. Like, yep. you know, it's coming and yet you really can't do that much about it. And just like live with, like be thrilled about the addition to your backfield. Maybe, maybe at some point, like if at some point we go back to back to back games where Asian has, you know, 10 or fewer opportunities and he has 10 or fewer fantasy points. We can have the conversation then. But for now, I don't want to have that conversation because whatever model you have, he'll break it. That's how good he's been right now. You said something so important just about fantasy in general, which is live with it. So the question you have to ask yourself when you're setting your lineup, right? Yeah. What can you live with? Do yeah, you want to totally. live with A-Chan only touching the ball 12 times for 100 plus yards? Yep. You can live with that, bro. Go for it. Yeah. I can't. All right. Back here on Fantasy Focus Football, and we are making our way through the week five recap, guys. Yeah. We are at the point of the show where we're going to talk about some injuries. Not the favorite part of the show. We already mentioned Justin Jefferson a little bit earlier in case you missed it. Obviously, we're going to be waiting to get some information here on him. Let's talk about Anthony Richardson. Unfortunately, left this game in the second quarter with a shoulder injury field. It's being reported by Adam Schefter as a sprained AC joint. Yeah. We're going to continue to get information on this. You already mentioned it, though. This is not the first time that he has left a game early this yeah. season. So third time in four starts that he has left a game early. There was the concussion, which ended up costing him a game and the week one injury. I think that might have been a knee injury for Richardson, but he was fine the following week. Uh, but this one's going to be probably more significant. Now, Derek Carr just suffered an AC joint sprain and came back literally seven days later. So I'm not ruling anything out for Anthony Richardson anytime soon, but general timeline seems to be closer to minimum two weeks, maybe even four five or six weeks for Richardson. When you're the fourth overall pick in the draft and you're a team that is focused on having him around for the next decade, you will be very smart about this as well. Yep. So Richardson, when he's going is as tantalizing of a quarterback as we have in fantasy right now. He is a top five fantasy option when healthy. This reminds me of something we discussed previously. No matter what you thought of Anthony Richardson coming into the season, I think you've won. Yes. Right? Because if you yes. thought like, hey, this guy's got more upside, you know, you have to have him inside your top five, seven, eight. Like, yeah, when he's healthy, you should. If you thought like, hey, you know, there's some concerns about rookie and, you know, the fact that he's still like an inexperienced passer. He's only completed 59% of his passes so far this season. You know, he maybe needs to be a little bit lower than some of these lock it in starters. You kind of want to because availability is a big part of this game, obviously. Yes. And three times in four starts, to me, that's not nothing. Like, I, I hope that it's three things. One, some bad luck. Two, I think there is the Colts having to balance, like, how much do we run this guy? 
versus how talented he is as a runner. Yep. And then three, and this applies to all young quarterbacks, is learning how to manage your body in the NFL. I mean, we've talked about this with for, forever, right? I mean, it was Robert Griffin III talk for months, it felt like, when he was so dynamic, yep. but kept taking these big hits. Uh, so this is not the first young quarterback it applies to, but it's Gardner Minshew until further notice, Liz, and he's actually been pretty serviceable. Gardner Minshew available right now in 98% of ESPN Oof. fantasy Wouldn't it be surprised if he's at it in a bunch of leagues? Yeah. I'm going to add him. I have Richardson yeah. in. I traded for him in our focus league yeah. with your cousin. Yes, Griffin. Right? Made a big trade. Hope we didn't know anything. Felt really, <laughs> oh, wow. Felt really good about it. Here's like my, t- I wrote about Richardson and facts versus feelings last year, last week, because of what you just said. Like we have to recalibrate how we felt about his presence as a rookie into what is actually going on. Yeah. So give me the upside. And I don't, I don't want to be um, blase about this, but like, it's not that I don't care that he's been injured in three out of four starts, but I'm not going to change anything about my approach with him yeah. when he's healthy. Yep. I'm going to roll him out again Sure. because what I don't want to do is finish eighth in my fantasy oh, league. Totally. Right? right? Like I want the top five. And if yep. that means that I have to string together some Gardner Minshew and all the Russell Wilson sc- schedule is, is toughening up. So I don't know. It does if I get like worse going either, forward. Yeah. Then I'm just going to bite the bullet and deal with it. Yeah. I don't, I, I feel like the fantasy take of like, well, I don't know. He's injury. Pro- okay, great. You know what he's not when he's healthy? Losing prone. Yeah. Right. So right. give me the victory prone guy yeah. and I'll deal with the durability when I need to deal with when the durability. I should note that for the past catchers in Indianapolis, no real change in value. Right, Gardner Minshew is a totally serviceable passer. Josh Downs. I think great. Josh Downs gets a spike. A spike, even more. Yes. Okay, so it goes up if not down. He's uh, a nice waiver wire. I don't know if you're talking about him tomorrow. Downs. Bless you, Salud. Yeah, uh, Josh Downs, six catches, 97 yards yesterday. Good find in the third round for them out of North Carolina. God bless you again, Daniel. Uh, but Michael Pittman Jr. and Josh Downs, both very much yeah. players to have. Uh, in, I mean, pick up Pittman's going to be started, and he was fine again yesterday. Um, but Downs should be added in a bunch of leagues as well. Avail in 90% right now. Mm. Let's talk about James Conner. We talk about this every mm. year when we draft James Conner. Yeah. There is some injury risk baked into his game. Caught him here, unfortunately. Left the game in the second quarter with a knee injury field. Amari DiMarcato That's came right, baby. in. That's right, baby. did it. Yeah. Damn. One of two TCU running backs last year for the very, very good uh, Horn Frogs team. It was, he was the other guy, Kendra Miller, yes. third-round pick. Uh, DiMarcato goes undrafted. Had a good career there, by the way, at TCU. Solid player, I would say. Makes the team as an undrafted free agent. And, yeah, the team's been rolling with him as their backup. And if you look at the available backs on that roster, besides DiMarcato and James Conner, it's not like... Hey, you know, we, we didn't have someone else available this week. He'll be the starter when, if James is out next week. No, I think this is DeMarcado's job if James Conner is available. The question is, is this more like Zach Moss? Is this more like Matt Breida? I think it's more like Matt Breida, where mm-hmm. it's like he's the starter nominally. He might lead the backfield in touches, but you, re- you really don't want him in your fantasy lineup unless you are totally out of other options. Yes, I agree with that. And Rondell Moore is likely going to get a few more touches out of the backfield. Yesterday, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's going to keep getting some run there, but I'm with you on that. Yeah. Let's talk about Daniel Jones. Unfortunately left this game last week or this week with a neck injury, especially yeah. for the Dallas, for the New York giants. Don't let the NFC East yeah. fans hear that. No. This yeah. is, Ooh. this was frustrating and difficult. If you have been year? rostering Daniel Jones, it has been a really tough one. A better days. I hope are ahead wait, wait, for this. Wait. Do you mean to tell me that a player who's been sacked 28 times left with an injury yeah that's, that's wild not I never, great, right no. crazy what do you had 11 sacked 11 times last week and six times this week they got to fix that offensive line yeah i mean injuries have really defied them so far i mean yeah, just and andrew thomas being there you know second team all pro left tackle is not available that obviously hurts in a major way um it's tyrod taylor next man up as you mentioned daniel don't know that this really impacts the passing game in New York because there's only one guy that you were considering. That's Darren Waller, who did have a nice bounce back game, by the way, yesterday. Eight for 86 for Darren Waller. He would still be inside the top 10 if Jones is unavailable. By the way, Kevin Pulsifer notes that the Bills are 14 and a half point favorites over the Giants this upcoming week. So uh, not even the uh, Panthers versus Dolphins line is that big. Wow. I wonder if we're going to fifth consecutive Gabe Davis touchdown. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the week. I'll tell you what. All right. One more injury to talk about here. Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it's good news. Otherwise, we talked about this much earlier in the show. Yeah, like that. So 
rolled his ankle. Yeah. Looks like a low ankle sprain. It didn't look like a high ankle sprain. Otherwise, there was you know talk that he wouldn't be back in the game if that's what it was. Didn't look fantastic when it happened. Had everybody yeah. nervous that this was going to be a longer term issue, especially with the fact that he left the field. The fact that he was basically like coaches had to keep grabbing him to pull him back Throwing from going on the field. Yeah. It's like, guys, come on, let me out there and play. So I, this was great. I'm really glad that we got to see Travis Kelsey and the fact it didn't look super like a long term injury. But we'll see how it, you know, how yeah, let's it feels. Put our Stefania hat on for yes. a second. Adrenaline cools off. You get off the plane in Kansas City. Thursday night Short game. week. Yep. I, th- I think there's a very good chance that Travis Kelsey is at best limited in practice in their walkthrough today. So we'll, we'll keep a close eye on it. But if the early sense was that it was something some more substantial, it would have been, you know, one of the top three items on the show today. So it's some perspective on why we haven't mentioned it so far. All right, let's move ahead and talk about a few more games here. Cowboys at Niners, guys. This one was a huge one. And by huge one, I mean basically just for the 49ers. If you were a Cowboys fan, you probably wanted to shut this game off at halftime. Cowboys yeah. did not look good. Let's start, though, with Brock Purdy. That's the story. This kid looks so good right now, man. Just I'm, finding open guys all over the field. I, it's one of those situations where whatever the defense has given him, he has weapons everywhere. At running back, yes, yeah. he's got passing game weapons. At, at tight end, he's got a weapon. Both of his wide receivers are weapons. At fullback, he's yeah. got weapons. Right. He is just finding whatever the defense gives him. Yeah, he has been excellent. He is like the ultimate point guard right now. You've Whatever player is open, he's going to find that player, usually in stride for a big run-after-catch opportunity. He's put himself right there on the starting quarterback radar. They just have way too much weekly upside as a passing offense that Purdy does not need to run for him to be a starting caliber fantasy option. Maybe he's closer to 12 than he is 10. So maybe he's a better streamer than he is like a must start every single week. But credit where it's due. The kid's been unbelievable. And this offense, like it's an honor to watch the 49ers play offense right now because in a league where we get subjected to some terrible offenses every yep. single week. Yep. The 49ers, I feel like, are playing a different sport than some of the other teams that I'm watching right now. Absolutely surgical. Mistake-free. Zero interceptions on the season. Yeah. Yep. Processing Great. speed out of out of the world, out yeah. of this world, right? Like, his anticipation and his trust and the timing and the chemistry, everything is just working. Kudos to Stefania, who I knew was watching this game. Oh, yeah. She went to the casino last night. <laughs> yeah, she went to Mo- Get it, girl. Yes. Um, she might never come back to the show. Uh, honestly. She might have put a bunch of money on Brock Purdy, <laughs> throw four touchdowns last night. She's, she could be in Cabo by now. But I think you're totally right. In her. I, I get the weekly Brock Purdy video here. And uh-huh. every week I'm like, it's me again yep. saying yeah. Brock Purdy is great. But also he's like a borderline QB1, QB2. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to tell you. If there is any like negative to say about the 49ers offense, if they're just too, too talented. Good. Too good. So guys are going to be left out in the, the cold. Yes. yes. So Christian McCaffrey finds the end zone for the 14th straight game. That's just ridiculous. ridiculous. Uh, but someone else is going to be left out. Uh, not quite as busy. Debo Samuel. 355 plus uh, five carries for 30 yards. Yep. So fine. Know, 11, 11 fantasy, fantasy points. points. Yep. Brandon Ayuk, just 9.8 fantasy points. But George Kittle had his like, I don't know, every five games game where he catches three touchdowns. Field, when we get the question, Am I still starting George Kittle this week? This is why you start George Kittle every single week. You knew this up and down nature to his game. If you want to try and get cute and figure out which games he's going to have this, you're going to lose every time. This is why you just leave him in your starting lineup at the tight end position. And kudos to you, Dop. I watched your squirrel, squirrel report episode. Did yes, we call it an you. episode we call show? It an episode. Yeah. Um, I watched Squirrel Report last week thank and you. you made this point on the show about how that you you're gonna start one of them and maybe it won't be Debo's turn this week or maybe it won't be Ayuk's turn this week, but you're starting Kittle as well. Absolutely because the upside available is too good to skip out on. Yeah, honestly like in uh I'm I'm not speaking from current personal experience, but like when you date someone crazy when you're like, I'm going to enter a relationship with someone that's crazy, you don't get to choose. Like, you don't get the just the logical days, right? right? You get it all. I'm not calling George Kittle crazy. Uh, I'm saying that like sometimes you, this fantasy production drives yeah, you, you crazy. Yeah, you can't quit that person. Right? You can't do yes. it. No. Like, you have to sign up for that's every day. George yes. Kittle. So George Kittle, yeah, he's going to have some clunkers, but three for 67 with three touchdowns last night. Oh, man, uh, that have, is like, efficiency right I am, there. I have so much color in my cheeks right now because you made like dating crazy a reference. Uh, yeah. I feel like I was, I was doing. Just, I mean, I was the crazy often. So I didn't, were you? Yeah. Oh, wow. All you right. can talk about it on the show. Am. We have 12 a- minutes left. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Big guy's holding on tight. Let's just say that much. Yeah, great husband. Great kids. Yeah, sure. You guys are doing awesome. Still crazy. Still crazy. Uh, hey. Cowboys often stunk last night. Just yeah. my, my general take. Crazy bad. It's like, Jesus, like if you're playing the 49ers. Oh, boy. 
Um, Hopefully you're the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Puka Nakua <laughs> and, and yes, like we have seen some offenses get the job done, but good Lord. Yeah. Like that is a, no matter how good the offense is, there is a much different fear starting a player against the 49ers. Even if they've, again, they've had like the Rams move the ball effectively and the Cardinals move the ball effectively against them. But it does make you super nervous. Uh, the Cowboys were a mess yesterday. They've been a mess in, what, two of their past three games with a Patriots thumping sandwich, uh, sandwich in between. Um, but yeah, just a bad day at the office for them. They Terrible. haven't really had to play offense a whole lot. I mean, they've, they've, they've been having these games where like their defense just dominates. They haven't had to be out there doing the stuff that we expect. CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard have been fine. But- I'm going to pull up a Dak Prescott's finishes. I'm sorry, his points. This season. Let me see if I can figure points this, out. this season for Dak yeah, by Prescott. game. Let's figure this out. Okay. Yeah, one second here. Because I feel like I, so far, this is not something that I'm super excited about because Dak Prescott's points by game. Have, I would think he's outside the top 15 on a oh weekly God. basis. 6.32. Okay. 19.6. Okay. 14.36. Right. That's not 14.34. 4.32. So he's had two games with single digit fantasy points and, sure two, has. and two more games under 15, 15 fantasy yeah. points. Well, that's because Mike McCarthy, nobody establishes harder than Mike McCarthy. Yeah. But it's nothing's. What's he establishing? Right. Defense? Mm. Well, I don't know. The the demons to reference Damian Woody were not exercised by mm. Dak Prescott in this game. He walked into this game with just one interception, right? And there was a lot of talk about how the offense was being shifted to keep Dak more mistake free, to, to move the um, interceptions away from what they were last year. Three picks in this game. Yep. Took the over on point five, baby. I'm going to keep starting CeeDee Lamb. I'm going to st- keep sure. starting Tony Pollard, but yeah. I would like to see more offense out of this Dallas Cowboys. Is Brandon Cooks droppable? Yeah, can we, yeah can I we think so. end this experiment now? Yeah. yeah. Nothing that they've done has made you feel like he is a focal point of the offense. If they can barely sustain an elite receiver in CeeDee Lamb, Lamb right now. Yeah. Like, Jake Ferguson, too. Yeah, I mean, Ferguson drop, is usable. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Ferguson amongst tight ends, like got to be one of the nine or 10 most trustworthy right now in all of fantasy. We have 10 minutes left Daniel. If you want to brag about your lines for the rest of the show, you can guys. Holy smoke. He was excellent. Four Let's and one talk about Lions. this. Yeah. I have been a fan of a lion's team that has been so bad my entire life Yeah, that watching them be four and one and the way that they've done it, through the trenches, their offensive line and running the ball, their defensive line and getting after quarterbacks. Everything about this Lions offense is so exciting to me. And even in fantasy, David Montgomery, absolutely crushing it. Chalky. An RB1 right now. Sam Laporta, as a rookie, coming out here looking like the next Evan Ingram, just crushing it as a fantasy tight end. Like, I, I don't. I don't oh, even know what else know, to say about this offense. We did it without Amon Ross St. Brown. We didn't great. even need him, and, and we scored 42 Gibbs. points. Here's a sign of a good team. A good team takes care of business in a notable way when they should absolutely beat the opposing team. I don't care if you didn't have a Monroe St. Brown yesterday. I don't care if you didn't have Brian Branch, Jimmy whatever. Gibbs. You doesn't guys matter. are going to win that. You should win that game, and you did. You did so handily. Jared Goff was excellent and efficient once again yesterday, um, and David Montgomery has established himself as a top 10 running back in fantasy. And real joke. A real, real, real talk. talk. Yeah. No joke. Sam Laporta, with how bad the tight end position has been, has been a godsend for you at that position if you grabbed him Top off five. waivers. Yeah. Incredible for you. Someone that you can start Top week in and week out and not have yeah. to worry about it. Uh, can we talk about one of the best draft values? Please. Adam Oldman Thielen. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Are you kidding me right now? What's going on? He just keeps producing. I swear. And we, I, was sitting, I was sitting with someone yesterday who just, like, we kept thinking that, like, every time I looked up, it was like, oh, Adam Thielen catch. 11 for 107 and a touchdown yesterday for Thielen. He's been remarkable this season. Now, they have nobody else to throw the football to. Yeah. So, old man Thielen's going to keep this going, Liz. Mm-hmm. I feel bad calling him old. I feel like Mike Clay when I'm calling him old man. I think Adam <laughs> is younger than I am. Yes. And I feel like a spring chicken. Well, not so much after taking care of my yeah. daughter by myself How's this weekend. Too, baby? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not so much, uh, especially with mom away for yeah. the weekend. Not oh. ideal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Adam Thielen crushing it, getting the job done. Totally legitimate top 25 wide receiver option with the volume. Even Absolutely. if the big plays are not consistent, who cares? The doesn't, volume's absurd. Regular and it doesn't matter who the quarterback targets. is. It, whether it's Brees Young or Andy Dalton, it doesn't make a difference. Just don't watch it, though. No, you, you, don't, don't, watch you don't need to just, watch it. I know he's been bad, but Bryce I is mean, his first name, right? Did like, I say Brees? Brees, yeah. Oh, that's my bad. It's Bryce. <laughs> it's okay. No. Uh, yeah, Bryce Young, who... Uh, there's a lot of book left to be written on Bryce Young. Do not uh, do not dunk on like purge draft opinions right now. Like no. give it some time here. Uh, should we talk about the Eagles real quick? Yeah, I think this game against the Rams was won yesterday at the end of the first half. Eagles drive the ball down very fast, like mm-hmm. 30 seconds mm-hmm. to the one yard line. 
kick the field goal. They have, they have a chance kick the field goal. I think it would have made it maybe like a 14, 13 game or something, or take your shot one play. Understand that if you get stuffed, no score, you're going to halftime down four points. They go for it. Tush push Jalen Jalen hurts goes in for the end zone. That, that to me felt like when this game was won. I the agree. Eagles were so damn impressive yesterday and monster day for Jalen Hurts, 27.32 fantasy points. Not Dallas just Goddard Hurts, exists. Yes. We talked about this on fantasy football now. Okay. Hey, can we use Dallas Goddard again finally? Yeah. He looked fantastic here this week. Devonta Smith, though, left out in the cold as a result. I, so we might have a little, this is again, not an apples to apples comp, a little San Francisco East situation. I, I think we it's a little Jalen Waddley where I just want to speak For more sure. volume into Miami existence. Miami North. Yes. My, better, I'll take Miami camp, North. Better That's comp, fine yeah. with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, this is exactly why if you've been riding the Dallas, he, he has not been this previously in his career. But given how good he is and the offense he is, he is in that same boat as George Kittle where you just got to play him. Yep. You just got to do it. Uh, AJ Brown continues to be an absolute mm-hmm. monster. Are you guys worried about Devonte Smith yet? I asked Mike last week and he was like, no, I'm good. I'm definitely trying to trade for him. I think I like okay, him as like a him. sell low. Okay. Like, or a sell buy low. Buy low. Okay. Yes. Yeah. If I can go out and grab him, because I think that he is going to be utilized way more within yeah. this offense as they continue to do so. Like these Eagles are, are a great offensive team still. And similarly to Waddle, I think that's a great comp, much better than the one I made, frankly. Um, drafted at peak value. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly Waddle right. drafted yep, at totally. peak value. Smith drafted at peak value. All right, let's talk about one more thing here before we get to our Monday Night Football preview. The Atlanta Falcons, guys. Can we use Kyle Pitts again? Oh, he's pulling me back in just when I thought I was out. He pulled me back in, guys. Uh, Career high. 11 targets for Kyle Pitts yesterday. It was great to see that. Uh, He actually, uh, him and Jonu Smith both were very heavily targeted, uh, but this was good. Hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Uh, My hat really tip goes to Desmond Ritter. Yeah. He looks played, great. Played his played his tail off yesterday. Massive, massive performance on that final drive to lead them to that game winning field goal over the Texans. Uh, and, and as Ritter goes, so goes the opportunity for these pass catchers to matter. Because it, I, I asked this recently. I think it was last week. How many times have Bijan or will Bijan and Kyle Pitts and Drake London all be? I think I think I said top ten for Bijan and Kyle Pitts and top twenty for Drake London. London might miss out by a little bit, but still six catches for 78 yards for London yep. yesterday. Totally fine. And on a day that Bijan was out carried by Tyler Algier, he still manages to find the end zone on a ridiculous behind the catch grab. Oh, Again, that was incredible. The, the talent here is impossible to sit. It is at your peril a little bit, but I would like to believe that this is a harbinger of good things to come as well. So don't like, I feel like there are athletes who like cross this lexicon, like just like this really cool, like they're Rubicon. just Rubicon, not lexicon. That yeah. would be weird. Uh, Rubicon where it's like, they just do stuff that's like cooler than every other yeah. player. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, Ellie De La Cruz for the res was doing stuff like left and right that you were just like, dang, like remember Jason Williams, the NBA point guard, white chocolate. Oh yeah. was always doing cool stuff. I don't think he was a great NBA player. I loved him, but it was like, I had to watch him. Right. Bijan Robinson, is a great NFL player, and he does cool stuff every single week. Go check the Atlanta Falcons Twitter for this unbelievable view of this ridiculous one-handed behind-the-back catch from Bijan yesterday. So he dumb. makes it so effortless. Love watching you, Bijan. Another big day. Well, big enough day. I mean, yeah. you'll take it. You'll take it. Whatever. Nearly twelve fantasy points for Bijan. It wasn't terrible. Happy about the Atlanta Falcons. Big win for them to improve to three and two. Jonu Smith, though, the name you need to be counting on right now. He is a usable tight end. He is getting a ton of targets. Arthur Smith loves this guy. Crazy enough to say when we can barely start Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith deserves to be started. I did not drop Kyle Pitts in any of the leagues, even though I was very frustrated with him, just in case he does turn this around. So you just wanted to give him, you just put him in timeout. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. We'll just make sure that he's still there in case things do turn around. Sure. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, closing this up with a Monday Night Football preview. Guys, we got yep. the Green Bay Packers and the Las Vegas Raiders. We got a couple of guys that we are monitoring for injuries, Field Yates. Aaron Jones, yes. still waiting to see if we're going to see him. Christian Watson, we should see him this He'll week. Excited about that. Yep. And then Devontae Adams, we want to make sure that he's going to be out there as well. I would expect all three to play. Watson's a complete non-consideration. He's off the injured board. He's going to play. Adams has been talking like a player throughout the week. Like he was talking about how, yeah, I don't know if the Jair Alexander shadow will happen to me because I move around a lot. Like he talked to the media. Uh, Paul Gutierrez, our cover, our Raiders reporter for ESPN, has sort of suggested he's going to give it a go tonight. Um, hopefully, I'm sure he'll be very fired up yep. about the opportunity to face off against his former team. Key storylines for me today, Liz, you can chime in and see if you either agree or have more to add would be on the on the Raiders side. Can the Josh Jacobs train continue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's been much better recently. Tons of volume. Um, the rushing efficiency has not hit peak value. 
but at least it's trending in the right direction. And then for the Packers, it's if Aaron Jones does play tonight, is it early season Aaron Jones or is what we got last week, which was Aaron Jones on a snap count plus a quick hook and... 2.4 2.4 fantasy points again. And better, I hope it's not. I would agree there. I also am interested about Christian Watson, right? Totally. No Nate yeah. Hobbs for yep. the Raiders. Yeah, that hurts. So that could potentially help Watson out. Um, and I want to see, there's all of this hype around this kid who I think is frankly overhyped. Don't tell my clay I said this, oh, right? Gosh, but yeah. I think you're chasing touchdowns a little bit with him, yeah. but if he can put it together in a favorable matchup, then maybe I'd warm to the situation. I'm excited to see what they do with Romeo Dobbs. 25 oh, yeah, targets oh, over the guy. last too, two yeah. games. That was not with peak Christian Watson. So we got to see once yeah. Watson gets enrolled in this offense a little bit more, what he's going to look like. But sure. really quickly, let's pick this game. Packers or, Vic- or uh, Raiders. I got the Raiders winning a close one here. Ooh, Raiders. You going with the Raiders? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. All okay, right, thank you. I was going to switch my pick if All you right. said Raiders. Well. I'm gonna wow. We love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. We will Great see job, you after Liz. Monday Football. Good luck. <laughs> guys, that was so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Liz is so much better than Mike Field. <laughs> uh, hey, Mike Clay. Uh, you ever heard of Wally Pip? Not a mystery, the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through. With the hippest beard, I'm telling you.